goal achievers, welcome to Elite Achievement, your go-to podcast for service-based business owners who want to achieve their goals and grow their businesses. Hear inspiring stories from other business owners, learn goal achievement strategies, and overcome the challenges you face when growing your business. I'm Kristen Burke, your host and coach, here to help you achieve your goals. Together, let's close the gap between the goals you set and the goals you achieve. Hey, Goal Achievers. Welcome back to Elite Achievement. I am so excited and energized and a little nervous for today's conversation. I'll tell you why in a moment. But I'm so excited to be back on the microphone and creating content. You might have noticed we took a pause over the last few weeks, and this pause was really intentional to allow me to think through the new season of this podcast, the new direction of this podcast. And if you listened to the trailer, you know I plan to show up more frequently. I thought, is there a better way than helping you understand more about me and who I am and giving you some insight into Kristen Burke? So I've asked my dear friend of 16, 17 years, it's, it's really a running joke between us of how long we've known each other, but we've known each other and been friends for a really long time. I've asked my dear friend and my business accountability partner and my peer accountability partner, Meredith Cachetta, owner of MMC Agency, a branding and web design agency out of Orlando, Florida, to join me today and to interview me. So the tables are turned. You know, I've done a ton of interviews. I am going to be the one in the hot seat. And Meredith is going to be asking all kinds of questions. So you, the listener, know who is the person behind the microphone. So welcome, Meredith, and thank you for taking on this challenge. Thank you. I'm so honored. I'm excited to interview the interviewer and also a little nervous. Oh, I'm, I'm really nervous too, because I don't usually get this vulnerable on my show. And I know we were joking around before I hit record. I don't have answers prepared. So everything that I talk about today is really going to be coming from the heart. It's, it's not scripted. It's not prepared. I love that because I love how you always encourage not only your clients, but me, like you said, through our relationship to have a plan, to achieve the plan. but there's so much that comes from being authentic and vulnerable in the moment. And I'm so proud of you for doing that. I cannot wait to dive in and ask questions. So I'm going to get started if you're ready. I'm ready. Let's do this. Let's do it. Okay. So first, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Where are you from? And you know, did you know you always wanted to be a goal achievement coach? I'm originally from St. Louis, Missouri. So I was born and raised in the Midwest and I went to uh, university, St. Louis University in St. Louis and ended up moving to Los Angeles in 2009. And I moved uh, with my now husband. So I'm, I'm happy to say that that worked out really, really well. But Joe and I were engaged uh, at the time when we moved out to LA and when I moved to LA, I was able to keep working for my former company. I started with that company in St. Louis um, out of undergrad. I interned at the company, uh, continued the internship through grad school. That's actually where we met and became yes. friends. And then I ended up getting the chance to work for that company here in LA. And that's when I started coaching. So I have been coaching 
financial advisors since 2009. It was part of my role. And I honestly had no idea that coaching could be a profession, that coaching could be a business. And I certainly had no idea I was going to be a goal achievement coach. Uh, (laughs) I just knew I fell in love with the process. I, I really enjoyed helping people maximize their potential and achieve their definitions of success. And I became a consumer of growth and development books. I I read as much as I could. I went to all kinds of different meetings at my former company. I um, inserted myself in rooms that maybe I shouldn't have been a part of, but I wanted to grow and learn as much as I could about coaching. And it took me 10 years to make the leap and start my own business, but I'm so grateful and glad that I did. I love that. And I love that you embrace the process. I'm so glad we met when we did because it's been wonderful to watch you really climb that ladder and then also embrace taking on as much as you could, learning as much as you could and converting that into helping other people. And then also kind of exploring new doors to see that maybe that was going to lead you to your own adventure, which has been amazing. So I have a question for you. When you moved from St. Louis to Los Angeles, that felt as a friend, such a huge move. So were you nervous when you moved out there and did embracing that help you take on future challenges? Do you think? Oh goodness. Uh, You know, Joe and I laugh about this today. I I think we both didn't really realize it was happening. So, (laughs) you know, he was working for the time at a a company and he's still working for the company. um, And he was doing sales and and traveling in the Midwest. And so in order for him to get to the next level with his company, we needed to move to LA where they're, they're based. And he had asked me if I would go with him. And I said, yes. And he proposed. So it was all official. I was coming with them with my fiance and Meredith, I don't, think I really realized that I was actually moving to LA until Mm. my butt was on the plane. I would like my butt was in the seat on the plane. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm literally taking off and I'm getting ready to land in a big, 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 big city by myself. So I came out before Joe and, um, you know, we, we rented an apartment and I had to find the apartment. And I remember like calling him so stressed. I'm like, I can't find the grocery store. Like, what am I going to do? And in those <laughs> early nights I was in the apartment without our furniture. Cause I, I came out before, you know, the moving truck arrived. And I remember I would sit in my closet and I would read cause it was the only space in the apartment with a light. There were no like, you know, lights in the ceiling. And so that was the only place where there was a light where I could read at night. So I definitely think going through a major life change like a move helps you when you think about doing something big like a business. You start to build the skill set. You start to build the confidence that you can do scary and unpredictable things. Because let's face it, when you're running a business, it's uh, there's not always a roadmap to what you're doing. Yes, absolutely. And I think we talked a lot about even when you find inspiration from books and classes and courses, those roadmaps that other people have designed and shared are so helpful, but they're not yours. You still have to find your own pathway forward, which takes a lot of late nights, uh, worries, (laughs) pushing through hard challenges, all of the, all of the business things. So what really inspired you, do you think, when you started your business? What made you take that leap? 
I want to start with something I found when we, we moved during the pandemic. So we also have a joke in the Burke family that we have annual move day. So we, we, <laughs> we've moved quite a bit. So we're really good movers. And I should actually take a step back. My husband is a really good mover. I am a fairly poor packer because I do things like I'm getting ready to share. So we're getting ready to move and I'm looking through journals and I, I have journals. I have a lot of journals. Um, those of you that follow me know I'm a big proponent of writing down your thoughts and journaling and Friday ritual. And I came across a notebook, Meredith, from 2011. And in that notebook, I started to brainstorm my coaching business. And, and wow. I started to list out people I could go to for initial clients. I was going to charge $50 for a coaching session. So I'm really wow. grateful. I'm really grateful I didn't start in 2011. <laughs> you refined um, that model a little bit. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. A little different today. A little different today. But it struck me that I've had this calling on my heart for a really long time time. So I, I mentioned I started coaching advisors in 2009. I started to brainstorm in 2011, and I didn't take action on starting my own business until 2019. And I needed, I needed all of that time to grow my confidence, to grow my courage, to grow my belief in myself that I could do this and that I could not only do it, but I could do it really well. And I also needed a lot of the leadership lessons that I gained in my career up until that point. And what really inspired me to take the leap was I wanted to be a higher leader at my former company. And I wanted that next level position. That's what I, I thought I wanted so bad. It was, you probably remember our conversations. It was like I had tunnel vision. I had one mm -hmm. direction and that was the only direction that I could see myself going on. And I would tell myself a story that the only way I'm able to make an impact and help women thrive in financial services is if I'm in a managing partner role. And so that was what I built the vision towards. I went through leadership programs. I, I raised my hand for leadership opportunities. And I didn't get the next leadership opportunity that I really wanted. I didn't get it. And that was a moment for me where the universe really encouraged me to take a pause. As a high achiever, type A, I build a plan, I build a goal, and I, I go to work. Like I said, I had that tunnel vision. So something inspired me to pause in that moment and get really quiet and really ask myself, what do I want and why do I want it? And throughout that time where I was pausing and really figuring out what was going to be right for me, I did a lot of yoga, I did journaling, and I read Marie Forleo's book, Everything is Figureoutable. And in the book, Marie walked us through what I call the power questions when we're faced with fear. What's the worst that can happen and what's the best that can happen? And that, Meredith, was the, the big motivator for me to say, yes, I can do this. When I went through those questions, so I already had the calling on my heart. I thought I had a plan. It didn't go the way that I thought. So that was really the like, ooh, Kristen, you should, you should take a pause and figure out what you want. And then going through those exercises, I realized the biggest fear I had was not being able to make money. And I, I realized if I step away from my six-figure corporate role, I've got to replace this income. And my biggest fear was not making money. And then that led me to, well, we're going to be homeless. And then that led me to, well, we're going to move back to St. Louis. And I thought, well, gosh, 
if that's the worst that can possibly happen, that's not really that bad. Then I answered the other question, what's the best that can happen? And I started thinking about impact and I started thinking about the clients I could work with and I started thinking about the podcast I could host. And when I looked at those two lists, what's the worst that can happen and what's the best that can happen, I realized it was far worse to not go after all the good things. The real fear existed in not pursuing my dream. And so that that was the moment that really started to solidify, I'm going to do this. And I still needed some training wheels. So it's not like I went in the next day and said, I'm out. So I, I actually, I, I went to my former boss and I asked for permission to start to bring on some coaching clients outside of the office I was working in. And he granted me that permission and I gave myself a goal. And I said, okay, if I can bring on 10 clients by the end of the year, I'm doing this. And I think I brought those 10 clients on in about two months. And so I officially decided that I'm going to make this my career in October. I didn't even need the full year. It really just happened. Um, and I'm so grateful that it did. Going back to even just keeping journals. And it's funny that you mentioned one so long ago because my parents recently moved and they found a checklist of things I wanted to do before I died. I must have been like 12 or 13, right? <laughs> and it was so fun to look back. And it reminded me of the value of documenting. What are your big dreams? Because there were a lot of things on my list checked off. And it surprised me because, like you said, some of those dreams are there for a really long time. But we need time to become ready for the dream. And so I love that you saw that. And I think it's such an encouragement to be journaling and to be writing things down and documenting where we are in the process. But then also moving forward to that tunnel vision that you described. I think we do that to ourselves so often where we know what we quote unquote want or need. And now I look at your business and I think, my goodness, if you were in one leadership role, you'd have impact within your organization and those working with you or for you. But now you're working across the country to have impact in so many organizations. And so I think it's just absolutely beautiful. And I've just loved watching your journey because it's such an inspiration of there were so many things that were lining up for you to take that step. And yet you still had to be willing to take that step. And so I think that's where I want to ask you next is what level of fear came with that when you actually saw things kind of lining up for you? Was it very clear and you just walked forward or did you still wrestle with, okay, I know that there's things that can happen that won't end my life, right? It's not the worst that can happen is not necessarily the worst thing ever, but what level of confidence versus fear did you have when you took that decision or even when you told your boss, you know, I'm going to be heading out? That was the thing I was most afraid of at the time. I was mm. most afraid to have the conversation with my former boss. And this is the funny thing about fear that I've learned, Meredith, is that we build it up in our mind and it's so monumental and, and I'm gifted at going to worst case scenario. <laughs> My anxiety takes me to like the worst possible scenario. And so that was the hardest thing for me. And what happened in that conversation was actually really beautiful. And I remember my former boss saying, 
this is the clearest I have ever heard you. And that was another moment where it reaffirmed I'm making the right decision. And I was very, very fortunate that I was able to stay working with the company. We agreed through the end of the year. I wanted to see them through the end of the year, help them achieve the goals that we had for the organization. And we left in a really positive space. And and I know not everyone gets to have that same experience, but that was the most fear that I had. And I think the other thing that I've learned about fear is as we start taking action, we grow our confidence. So often we sit back and we wait until we feel confident. And if I waited until I felt perfectly confident to go out and be a goal achievement coach, I wouldn't be one today. We grow our confidence with each action that we take. So the the little dominoes started to fall when I asked for permission to take on some clients. When I went to people in my network and I asked for referrals and I got referrals, Okay. Then when I called some of those referrals and people actually said, yes, I, I have to point out, I brought on my first group of clients using PowerPoint. I had no website. I had no brand. I literally used a PowerPoint and it, it worked. That was how I started my business. And so there were all these dominoes that started to fall, which built confidence. And I have to say, too, it was through our conversations. Because what, what people don't know is, yes, we've been friends for a really long time. And yes, you're my peer accountability partner today. You and I have had scheduled calls on the calendar for years. For years, we've been talking about things like this. And one of the things that was really, really inspiring for me at this time was you also made the leap from your six-figure corporate role to start your own business yeah. I believe you made that decision a couple months prior to me. So I was right behind you. I was seeing you do it. And and I was in some ways jealous of what you were doing. And, and not jealous in a negative way. Sometimes our jealousy really gives us hints and clues to what we should be going after or what we want. And so that helped me grow my confidence is by being able to converse with you and and learn what you were going through. And I remember you were the first person I called when I I left the office on my final day. Like I remember calling you when I walked out of the building and it was such a weird feeling because it was a building I'd gone to for a decade. I had friends and memories and and I walked out for the final time after turning in my computer and my badge and I called you and I'm just like, I did it. You did, did it. it. And I remember that night so clearly because my husband and I were going out and I was like, I've got to have a drink for Kristen. Like I, <laughs> we were so far across, you know, California to Florida. And I remember getting a little toasty that night in your honor because I was so happy for you and so excited about what you were doing. And I think it is so true, our relationship I'm so thankful for that it's deep and that it's a friendship, but it's also been such an encouragement to walk alongside someone who's doing what you're doing. And it's so interesting to me, and it has been for years, that you and I are in totally different spaces. It's not like we do exactly the same thing. And so that's been so wonderful because in some ways, we're not competing in that way. We're not always talking just about industry stuff, but we're also having the experience of being a business owner, being a female business owner, understanding that we walked away from careers that we worked hard for 
And for me, one of the biggest challenges was that I was so excited to get there. And then I realized the next day I went from having an active office with people needing me or wanting my input to sitting alone in my house. And that was a big shift mentally to feel that worth shift in my mind of what do I do day one? And so I think you were right. We were just a few months apart um, when we both decided to take that leap, but having someone that I not only love and trust, but that's going through that with me has been, I feel invaluable because we certainly both have had days where we sit there and go, what have we done? (laughs) And other days (laughs) when we're like, why didn't we do this sooner? So I love that. And I, I would ask you, even outside of our relationship, just in general, how important do you find accountability and or relationships to be in the success for your clients? Does that matter? Does everybody need to seek that out? Or is there something that they can be doing? You know, how do you kind of cultivate those relationships and how important are they? Any business owner that is listening should absolutely have an accountability plan to achieve goals and strategic and intentional relationships to help you thrive. You hit on something really important, Meredith, where you talked about in your own journey, you went from being in an office where people needed you to now working at home. It's a big shift for anyone who's had a a corporate career. And I think in my own journey, I timed the start of my business really well. It was right at the end of the year. So I had a couple of weeks where we had Christmas and we had some personal family travel and we were celebrating the new year. So I feel like I got to play business owner for a couple weeks where I got all the good positive vibes like, oh yeah, I'm a business owner. I work for myself, but I didn't actually have to feel what it was like to be a business owner until the first week in January. And I remember that first week in January, there was a day, it was like the first day where I had a meeting cancel. I had a client that I thought was going to come on board, not come on board. I got another no. I was going to have another call with a friend and she had to cancel. And it was one of those downward spiral days, which I'm sure all business owners have had and even all probably employees and professionals have had. And that was really where I learned the power of having a bounce back plan because I knew that I had a choice. I could sit at my kitchen counter, which is where I was working in our, our downtown LA apartment. It was this crazy uncomfortable chair, but it was my kitchen counter. It was my office. <laughs> I could sit there and I could stew in this negativity and just rehash, like, why did I leave my job? And should I be doing this? And what's going to happen? Or I do something that makes me feel good, which for me, it was a workout. And then I take one action in the opposite direction of the story I'm telling myself. And so I called, to your point, relationship. I reached out to someone and asked for referrals. So I think our relationships can show up for us in so many different ways. So in my world, I have structured a lot of relationships to help me thrive and grow my business. We, of course, have our peer accountability calls where we talk shop, we talk life, we talk about how do we integrate work and family life. We, we talk all the things. I also have a coach. I, I believe we all need to have a coach to help us achieve mm-hmm. our goals. I'm a part of the Million Dollar Women community. So I'm in a community with other women who want to grow really big businesses. I intentionally listen to podcasts that keep me focused uh, on my goals. 
In fact, I, I probably spend too much time listening to growth and development and business podcasts and reading growth and development business books. I remember one year you challenged me, where's your fun? I'm like, yeah, isn't working on my business fun? That's, a, that's another way that we can build up relationships uh, or, or through people that don't even know that they're mentors to us. It's out there, these free resources. So I, I think that all of this is critical because as we're sharing, there are up days and there are down days. There, there are days where you're really connected to your vision and you are on fire. And there are days where you are wondering, what in the world am I doing? And having these relationships can help you get out of your own head, can help you stay connected to your vision, can help you learn from others. You know, we talked at the beginning, Meredith, how there's not a roadmap. And sometimes we need inspiration from other people, examples that, that oh, okay, they're doing that in their business. Maybe I want to try to apply that in my business. And so I think it's just critically important to have those relationships. And then accountability. I mean, you know my belief on accountability. I'm a huge fan of accountability, and I believe we all need accountability to achieve our goals. So, well, we're going to do the things that we're comfortable doing, that feel nice to do, that are easy to do, and those aren't always the things that are going to move us in the direction of our goals. So even, even last week, I was on a group coaching call uh, with the Million Dollar Women, and I told Julia, um, she's been on the podcast before as well, I told Julia, hey, I'm going to do five outreaches today. And it was a Friday, and I had a list of things to do <laughs> a mile long. But I don't know why I felt compelled to tell Julia I was going to do these outreaches. She didn't ask me for a commitment. I just like word vomited. And I, and I sat there and I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to do my outreaches because I don't really want to disappoint. And then I sent her an email. I'm like, my outreaches are done. Even me, the goal achievement coach, I even need accountability or I'm just going to do the things that I've always done. And then we're going to get the results that I've always gotten. I think you've hit on so many good things there because one thing I heard is that there are different types of relationships and all of them can support you in different ways, right? That's something that I think is really important. Sometimes it may be someone in your family or a spouse or a partner. Maybe they're also an entrepreneur and they understand, or maybe it's a friend like your relationship and mine. We've really developed that over years and it's become so valuable as we know each other longer, but also like you said, as we've walked this journey together, and then it also may be groups and podcasts and books because there's different things that you need throughout the entrepreneurial journey and other ways that you can support people as well. So I think when you talk about having different relationships and having multiple relationships, that's so important. And I also agree completely, accountability matters so much because... You made me think of when you said you do the things that you want to do, right? Year one, I didn't have a lot of fun looking at my numbers, right? It was not encouraging. It was not inspiring. I had the big vision, but the vision and the graph of getting to the vision were not aligned immediately. And so numbers were really difficult for me and I would avoid them at all costs. And so having you and other accountability measures in place to say, you've got to do this, this, and this. Now I understand I look back and it's, it's invaluable, right? Because now I look at my business and I go, oh, this month traditionally every year is going to be slow. And hey, this is going to be our biggest month 
you know, typically because we have that data year over year and because we look at it and we can identify what's going on. So I think having multiple relationships and understanding how you can not only receive, but also contribute to those relationships and then also accountability and doing the hard things. It's just part of the process. (laughs) We can't escape it. But I think we also learned that with every entrepreneur I've talked to, problems don't go away. You're always going to have them, but you get so much better year over year at navigating them or at building your confidence, like you said earlier, because you know, hey, I did this and we grew from it. So I can do this and look forward to what's going to come as a result. So such good things you've talked about. I'm so excited to hear your perspective on this. And I wanted to ask you, what has been the biggest challenge and then also the biggest reward as you look back? Okay, we'll start with the biggest reward. The biggest reward has been the freedom and flexibility of my time. And I remember years ago, I, I, was, I was still working in my corporate role and because I remember thinking this conversation, I was having this conversation with myself, right? My favorite person to talk to, myself. And <laughs> I was walking home from work and asking myself, how do I define success? And I came up with the definition that success is having choices, choices in how I spend my time, who I spend my time with. And so for me, time is really important. And I like to be in control. Shocking. I know for all all of you that know me really well, I really like to be in control of my time. And so that, that has absolutely been the biggest reward for me as a business owner is being able to put on my calendar, take Scarlett to gymnastics or to put on my calendar a peer accountability call with you or Friday afternoon golf with my husband. So I'm able to build my business around things that are really important to me in my life. And and I will say Having a team member on my team um, that helps me with my calendar also helps because I am tempted to break my own boundaries from time to time. I think we all will will want to break our boundaries from time to time, um, especially if we're coming at our business with a scarcity mindset. So then having someone on my team who specifically helps me manage my calendar has been has been a dream. I, I cannot say enough good things, and I'm so appreciative for that. Now, what has been a challenge. So I think the biggest challenge I have faced in my business is falling victim to what other people are doing. And this kind of relates to, you know, my one track mind I I had I spoke about earlier is I get I get really excited about an idea and I get really <laughs> like I latch onto it. And so there have been times in my business where I've thought, I have to have a course. I'm only going to be a successful coach if I have a course. And so I built out a course and I launched the course. I I launched it unsuccessfully. My my goal, I think I reached 10% of my goal of filling participants in that course. And what I learned through that experience is that I'm not an online marketing expert. I'm not an email marketing expert. I am a goal achievement coach who today in my business, I work 
with a lot of my clients in an individual setting. And and I think there was a, a part of me that felt like that wasn't okay because you hear all these other coaches and all these other experts that tell you not to do that, that tell you you have to scale and tell you you have to do groups and tell you you have to do courses. And I lost my own intuition and I listened to uh, the way that other people were doing it. And so that continues to be a lesson for me because I, again, I, I have a lot of outside influences that I lean on and I, I think a lot of different ways to grow my business. And it's really important that I keep going back to what feels right to me. Where am I in flow? What are the things that I resist? What keeps me up at night? That was something that I also really learned is that if I'm really restless in the middle of the night, it's usually because I'm thinking about logistics. And it's it's for some of these courses or these programs or these things that I feel like I have to do in order to be successful. Then that was a big learning lesson this year as well. I, I was on this kick that I have to build a million dollar business. I'm only successful if I have a seven figure business. And I went into the year and I was like, okay, I got to figure out how I'm going to do this. And I wish I could articulate exactly what was the turning point moment for me, but I think I realized through this year, and it was probably through therapy, and it's probably through coaching conversations and our conversations where I learned I don't have to do that this year. Like that, that is pressure that I'm putting on myself and I don't have to do that. I will eventually get to that point in my business, but I don't have to do it today. And so when I let off that pressure, I felt so much freer. And um, so I think that those are really two of the big challenges I face is listening to what other people are doing and falling victim to the shoulds and putting this pressure on myself that it probably comes from what I perceive to be successful as I look at other people. And as I'm, as I'm chatting, I remember what helped me get clarity and relieve that pressure. I was in a networking session with this group, uh, with a group called Elevate. And the facilitator asked us, how do we define success and how do we measure success? And that was the moment where I realized my definition of success is all about choices and choices of freedom and time. And I was defining, I was measuring success only by revenue. And so that was a conflict. That was a really big aha moment for me in my business this year. That is so good because I think I experienced a lot of the same things, right? Time to me is invaluable. Time with my family and my friends and to be there and be present. But then what do we measure? We measure revenue. <laughs> you know, are we making more money? And so it's such a good reminder that, you have to know what you define as success. It doesn't mean that we're not working towards more revenue and eventually a million dollar business, right? But to your point, it doesn't mean that it's this year. And it doesn't mean that in the process, you sacrifice what you actually consider to be success, which is your time and your flexibility. So I think that's such a good point. And I also wanted to ask you, you mentioned, I'm looking for things that I know I'm in flow. So does that mean that it's something that you're aligned with? Can you feel it? Talk a little bit more about how you can trust your gut there. Oh, that's such a good question. And I want to talk about flow. You triggered something else in me, which is another thing that I've been really working on this year is letting go of a lot of pressure 
So another thing is I had this really intense morning routine. And, and some of you might remember if you listen to the morning routine podcast or you read the morning routine blog and I, I had all these things that I was doing <laughs> and you know, I'm reading my vision statement and I'm journaling gratitude and I'm reading and I'm working out and, and then I, I want to layer on meditation and then I want to layer on this idea and I want to layer this on because this person said it's good. And, and I got to this point where I'm doing all these activities where I'm just checking the box and this morning routine that is supposed to exist to set my day up for success started to feel really burdensome. And so this year, I've ditched the pressure to do all the things. And I focus on working out and meditation. And, and I, I really think meditating has helped me get into flow. Mm-hmm. I also think letting go of a lot of my rigidness has helped me get into flow. And what's really interesting is I've let go of a lot of the morning routine activities. I'm actually on pace to surpass my goal for reading this year. So as one of us recording, I'm I'm on book number 29 for the year. So I'm reading more than I've ever read. And also Mm. I'm on pace to have my best year revenue-wise in business even though I'm not putting all that pressure to build yes. that seven-figure business. So how do I get into flow or how do I know when I'm in flow? I know when I'm in flow when I'm not super restless at night. So like I mentioned before, a mm-hmm. lot of times if I'm waking up, I'm usually thinking about some project. And, and sometimes we just naturally have a lot going on. But a lot of times I found for me, that's usually a sign that I'm not working in flow. Uh, I know I'm in flow when I have these ideas that are constantly popping in my mind. So I, I get done working out and I'm like, oh, that could be a really good caption for, for a social media post or, ooh, I should do a podcast on that or, oh, yes, I should update that for the planning day agenda that I'm building. So I know I'm in flow when I have a lot of these ideas and this energy around my business. I love that. And I think it's so true because you can be working something so hard that you think you should be doing because you're seeing other people do it, or you have someone speaking that into your situation and you feel like you're fighting it every step of the way. And then you can decide or choose and become a little bit more aware of letting it go. And suddenly you're having your best year, your best month, whatever energy is, the sources are coming to you, whatever energy that is. And so it's really fun to play with that a little bit. And for me, that just meant recently going on a two week vacation and not taking my laptop. And I was really nervous, but I also knew that I had prepared and we came back to our best month ever. And my last vacation, I had taken my laptop and my phone and my journal and my calendar, right? And so you just start to see that as good as we are at managing or as good as we think we are at managing all the variables and all the schedules, Sometimes we also just have to let that energy be positive and fresh and enjoy doing what we're doing because I feel that's when it really pushes out all of that into the universe, into our clients, into our prospects, and it comes back so much more than trying to work every possible scenario. So I love that. I'm so glad you shared your vacation experience because I... I will hear clients tell me all the time, oh, I'm getting ready to go on vacation and, oh, I'm going to bring my laptop and I'm going to check in and I'm going to do calls. And I, I always ask them to pause and think, 
how do you want to feel when you return? And the answer that I almost always get is I want to feel relaxed and I want to feel refreshed. And then that that really gives you a chance to, to think, will bringing my laptop and taking calls and doing all that, will that lead to a refreshed and a relaxed feeling? And usually it won't. Sometimes as business owners, you do need to check in, especially if you don't have a big team, but you can be in control of when you're checking in. And I think we get caught up in that pressure that you have to work all the time. It's the only way you'll be successful. I think that's so true. And part of it is something that we've talked about before, which is where is the expectation that you have to work all the time coming from or that you can't step away from your business? Because one of the challenges that I think we both faced when we started building our business was that we brought a lot of our old habits into our new business, which was if you're not working 70 hours, you're not successful. If you're not showing up at the office you know, every single day and staying late and doing last minute projects, you're not successful, you're not climbing the ladder. And the reality was, that those ideas were something we were so used to, but they weren't ideas that matched with our, again, definition of success, which was time, flexibility, freedom, being present in our lives. And so when you think about, I have to take my laptop, I have to check in. For me, when I started looking at what would it look like to to really take that time Of course, there's preparation, right? Letting the clients know, making sure the team has everything they're going to need, having a plan for projects, and all of those things can help provide some ease. But part of it, I realized too, was I just expected that clients would be upset, right? And we work with, on average, 20, 25 clients a month. And I will tell you, 100% of them were like, that sounds like a great vacation. We hope you have a blast. Have a great time. No worries. And so I started to realize that outside of little things that might pop up, and to your point, you can check in on your own schedule. All of that pressure had been pretty much all (laughs) self-induced. So, And by stepping away and having the ability to be present and to not be on a device and to not be connected. I came back so fresh and excited and energized that I could have never achieved that if I was huddled over a laptop in every cafe that we traveled to. So I think it would be interesting to hear your perspective on how much of our pressure is self-induced or induced maybe by others that we're watching and following? And how do we get away from that and really listen to our own intuition and our our own mind? Yes. Well, what I am learning with my therapist, and this is new for me this year, uh, it's been a wonderful journey and an incredible outlet for me. But what, what I'm learning through this is a lot of the pressure comes from self-induced pressure. So it it could be from beliefs or perspectives that we picked up a long time ago. It could be comparison. And and I think as much as we all want to work, as much as we all want to chase our own definitions of success, things like social media make it challenging for us to chase our own definitions of success because we're constantly seeing what other people are doing, what other people are doing. So some of the some of the ways that we can stay true to chasing our own definition of success are 
one, put boundaries around how much time you spend on social media. So I know sometimes I'll, I'll get on there and I'll scroll and it's really great. I see what clients are up to. I get energized. Other times I get on there and I scroll and I feel bad about myself and bad about my business. And that's when I know I need to take a break. That's when I know I need to step away and not be on social media for a day or two and just I'm, I'm falling too victim to comparison. Another way that you can stay true to your definition of success are to practice a lot of the things that we talk about and we promote in my business. Um, Do a quarterly review. Do your month-end review. Do your Friday ritual. If you want a reminder for your month-end review, get on my email list. Uh, We send out a reminder every month with these questions and taking this time, which we live in such a I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy culture taking this time to truly pause and reflect and plan can be really eye-opening because once you do it, the first few times it might not be easy, but once you build this habit, you start to realize you really do have a lot of answers within. We just get so busy in our day-to-day lives that those answers, they get clouded. I love that. And I think absolutely getting into a routine of taking space and time to reflect to go through all of the things that you offer. I love all of them, even though you're right. Initially, it feels hard to get in that rhythm because you have to make time for yourself and your business. And then you realize that it adds such value. So absolutely shameless plug, get on her email list. If you're not on Kristen's email list, you should be. And then you kind of walk into some of the habits that help you know, boost our goal achievement mindset and productivity. What are some of the other best practices or habits that you recommend if somebody's really wanting to boost mindset, focus on goal achievement? Where do they start? Yeah, there are so many, there are so many ways that you can start focusing on mindset and goal achievement. So one place that you can start is to Practice gratitude. And I think by practicing gratitude, you really start to learn a lot about yourself. Now, you might remember I mentioned earlier that I've revamped my morning routine. It doesn't mean I'm not practicing gratitude. Sometimes I'll do a gratitude meditation. Sometimes I do still pull out my gratitude journal. But practicing gratitude really can help you understand what's important to you. And then you can start setting goals that align to what's really important to you. So I, I, I can't say enough good things about the practice of gratitude. Also, um, it's hard to feel you know, anxious and gracious at the same time. So that can really help from a mindset perspective. Another way that you can really get started is to start small. You don't necessarily have to go out and start by setting 25 goals in all different areas, but start With one, we're getting ready to go into the final quarter of the year. You can start by thinking, what is one thing that is going to be incredible to accomplish before the end of the year? And pick one goal, and that's going to give you a chance to start building some of these goal achievement habits and best practices and and start the year off on a really positive note. So I'd say practice gratitude. And start small uh, would be two ways that you can work towards building your goal achievement habits. Amazing. And so that leads into a question that I'm wanting to ask you. If you're comfortable sharing, what is your biggest goal that you are currently working on? My biggest goal is to write a book. I haven't started working on it yet, 
I have started publicly talking about it, which can be a little bit of a scary thing for me because typically when I start talking about something, then that means I usually start putting action plans in place. I have thought about this for a really long time. I, I've written about it in vision statements for a really long time. So that's the biggest goal that I think about is to become an author. I haven't started working on it yet. I would totally disagree and say that you've been working for a long time on helping people, on producing content, on understanding exactly what your perspective is in the world. And I think that's going to translate beautifully when you start writing. So Kristen, I love you. Thank you so much for letting me interview you and for all the great work that you do, not only for your clients, but also just as a friend and in my business, I know that we would not be as far along as we are without you. So thank you so much. Meredith, thank you for saying yes to coming on to the show today. And this is this is your second time on the Elite Woo! Achievement Podcast. So like it's a VIP really here. Yeah, you are a VIP in my life. And so I definitely appreciate you asking me these questions and giving me the space to let people get to know me, right? Let, let people get to know a little bit more about what I struggle with and how I started my business and what I'm thinking about. So I, I thank you for this conversation. I often think when we have our peer accountability calls, oh, I wish we were recording this. So <laughs> this was a lot of fun for me today. So thank you so much. My pleasure. All right, Goal Achievers, I hope you enjoyed getting to know a little bit more about me. Coming up next week, we are going to talk about how to finish your year strong. So if you are listening to this episode when it comes out, it's the end of September. We're getting ready to go into the fourth quarter. So make sure you are subscribing to this podcast so you don't miss next week's episode on finishing the year strong. And with that, Goal Achievers, keep celebrating your weekly wins noting your lessons learned, and identify your priorities for next week so you can consistently pursue progress in the direction of your goals. Thank you for listening to this episode. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss out on goal achieving and business growing wisdom. If you want my best goal achieving tips and a monthly reminder to check in on your goals, join my email list at kristenburke.com. 